So today we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about where value-add real estate investing fits into a portfolio. But first, let's talk about what is value-add real estate investing. Yeah. What, what is value-add real estate investing? To put it a little simply, think of the house flipping shows you see on TV. For the most part, this is what they do every day and they've done it for years. They know exactly what to do. They know which what plants should be where there, yep. what the paint color is, what kind of windows are required, versus uh, more of a mom and pop or a local. They're going to be kind of figuring it out as they go. They're going to leave margin on the table. They're going to not do some of the things they should do. I mean, part of what we do in value add is knowing exactly what to do. So it's a little bit like a Home Depot versus a contractor. The people at Home Depot are there kind of figuring it out. You know, they kind of know what to do. But a contractor acts with like speed. Like when they're there, it's getting done and they know exactly what to do. So when we say value add or private equity real estate, what we mean is uh, buying real estate with a specific plan for creating the most value uh, as quickly as possible, which generates uh, much higher returns than a slower cash flow oriented approach. I like to think of kind of three areas where value add investing fits into a portfolio. Number one, it's an uncorrelated high return strategy. Number two, there is control with risk mitigation. And number three, it's passive investment. So let's talk about each of those. What does uncorrelated high return strategy mean? Yeah. Well, so number one, we're dealing with physical assets. This is a lot different from the stock market. These things live in different worlds. Um, and at the same time, we're talking about a high return vehicle. So for the multifamily, the apartment buildings we buy, and the multi-tenant industrial assets, we're aiming at a high teens to towards a 20% internal rate of return. Um, and that's going to be something that's uh, driven by NOI. It's driven by its local market. It's driv driven by buyers and sellers in its own geography. And that's going to be pretty uncorrelated to stocks and bonds and other financial instruments. Yeah, whereas a public REIT, a real estate investment trust, is highly correlated to the equities market. So people think, oh, well, if I want to invest in real estate, I'll buy a real estate investment trust. Well, these REITs, they are more directly correlated to the stock market than they are to real estate. Underlying real estate has some of the lowest correlation to the stock market. And why is correlation important? Obviously, you know, if one does this, the other does this. When, you, when things are highly correlated, you want a portfolio that has relatively uncorrelated investment strategies. Another thing on, on the correlation is real estate provides an inflation hedge. So whereas the stock market has a lot of volatility in it, and as inflation kicks off, sometimes with uh, companies, that can have an adverse reaction that can bring values down. Real estate generally grows as inflation grows. So it creates some sort of an inflation hedge. What about risk? How does it work for control or mitigating risk? Yeah. So there are a few ways where real value-add real estate has a level of control and risk mitigation that even just directly investing in real estate doesn't have. This is really an active management strategy. So it is about creating value. It's not about sitting and harvesting cash flow. Mm -hmm. What that means is in any market environment, you're now creating a margin of safety that you can't do without that active value add strategy. So 
It doesn't mean it's not affected by the markets. Certainly in a down market, all real estate values are down and enough market, they're all up. But in addition to that, we're always adding an extra level of value. So during the down, a value add strategy is not as affected as much as a passive real estate strategy. And during the up, a value add strategy has an even higher outsized return compared to that passive real estate strategy. Yeah. I like to think that, think of it as uh, it takes, se- we, we say it takes 17% of net operating income growth to offset 100 basis points of cap rate destruction. The point being that the market's going to rise and fall, but to the extent we're growing income by 20 or 30%, number one, that's a hedge that takes us to par if the market goes down. But then when the market recovers, we're also that much further ahead. So rather than Buying an asset where you believe the market's going to be great. Well, well we do that too, but we also bought, bought an asset where income was low. We got a discount in the purchase price because of it, and we worked to cure that, that problem as quickly as possible so that along with the market cycle, we're in the best position to harvest the, the greatest amount of value. Yeah, absolutely. And along the, the risk mitigation line, with real estate, you have that a constant income, a, not quite like the uh, house flipping analogy, because when you buy a house to flip, there's no income. Yeah. But when you buy income producing property, you always have that that mitigated risk of okay, I've got income that I'm producing. All I'm doing is I'm agri- I'm I'm um, adding on to that income. Yeah. Well, whereas a house might cost a few hundred thousand dollars, the things we buy are fifteen to thirty million dollars. Yeah. But it turns out there's a need in that in that segment as well for the type of value add we do, which is mostly about growing net operating income and making the asset have fewer problems and be more attractive to a future buyer that doesn't want to do all the hard work of improving an asset, but wants to buy a stabilized asset that is cash flowing. Yeah. We we cure the ills of the property and sell to the stabilized buyer. Yeah. And it, there's lower volatility to the market. So real estate tends to be a, a much more stable growth over time. We all suffer from, you know, looking at our, our account statement for our stocks and it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. And you have a lot less of that volatility over time. The last point that we talked about with why value add real estate is it's a passive investment. Let's talk about how is it a passive investment? Back to our... Home Depot versus a contractor discussion. You can own real estate actively, and and many people do. Many people here listening do. But the question will always be, um, am I better to go do that myself, or should I do it in a passive way with an operator that does this like all the time and is world-class at it and has all the extra percentages of excellence here and there, both on the finding, on the improving, on the selling yeah. and on the finance and tax parts of that. Yeah. And so essentially you get the benefits of direct ownership without the challenges of either. Well, hopefully it's better. Hopefully yeah. Yeah. a firm like ours does a better job than the direct owner and they don't have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing to know is that, and most people know this, but real estate takes a lot of difficult conversations and decisions. Uh, people think of real estate, uh, the truth is real estate is not a good passive investment for most people. It yeah. is a passive investment if you're working with an active manager. 
So yeah. our job is to, I mean, the value we provide and companies like ours provide is to is for someone else to be in a passive position, but for us to be an intensely active position day to day because it takes those very hard conversations, uh, that that forward pushing pressure to improve real estate. You're, yeah. you're disrupting a property that's been a certain way for a long time, and now it's going to get a lot better uh, quickly. And that uh, is disruptive, but it improves the asset, improves the neighborhood, improves the community. And um, it, it takes a group like ours that's intense about it. So just to restate again, the three reasons that a person looks at investing in value-add real estate is it's got uncorrelated high returns, it's control and risk mitigation, and it's a passive investment. Ultimately, that's why people gravitate toward value-add real estate investing. Maybe what we could do a little bit is talk about why you would work with a group like Griseta. Yeah. You know, why, why pick us in that space of value-add real estate investing? There's a lot of ways to invest in value-add real estate, but we have a strategy, a unique strategy that we believe in. We uh, only invest in secondary and tertiary markets. We only invest, generally, uh, in apartments and multi-tenant industrial buildings. Um, we only invest in, in value-add things that have been held a long time by other people or groups and things that we can fix up and add value to quickly. Yeah, and secondary and tertiary markets is a very specific niche. Why are we in that space? It's because we believe that these markets are more inefficient. A lot of, going back to the house flipping analogy, they are buying from someone who effectively mismanaged the property or wasn't focused on creating the most value. In these markets where we invest, they're very inefficient markets. Lots of longtime family owners and those type of owners just don't have the same objectives as a value-add real estate investor. So there's there's a lot of opportunity in these smaller markets. Yeah. And we know our markets. We have built out the infrastructure to have acquisition teams and boots on the ground. We are fully integrated, which means we self-manage everything we, we own, which means we are doing the work in the markets. Our people are there and our decisions are guided by the rents we're actually achieving the brokers we're actually working with, the opportunity set we're really seeing, and our, our conviction about what to buy and how to run it um, is close to the ground and in markets that aren't uh, institutionalized, that don't have uh, a lot of competition. And that full integration really allows us to control not only the outcomes with property management, construction management, asset management, but it also allows us to communicate that out to the investors. We have a, a full accounting and finance team. We have a fund accounting and uh, we use Juniper Square for our investing out to the investors. Many RIAs also invest with us and we're on the Schwab platform as well so that that reporting goes back to the, the end investor. We really married up a financial services company with a real estate operator and uh, those two things provide both a great experience and a unique way of actual investing that we are doing in-house and doing very well. 